Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. What's up, Internets? This is Chico Leo back in the escape pod, flying high above the Brooklyn night once again. Uh, I am joined, of course, by my co-pilot. The Illawasi, the the champ. What's up, Chico? What's up? So, uh, yeah, my my escape pod had been uh, in in the space dock for a few weeks, but uh, DJ Benjamin's boy Han Solo put a few special modifications himself on it. And uh, now, now I'm back in the saddle. Um, so, did did I miss anything dope? Oh, it's always dope, especially delivery. You know, what? you just you just bring the extra flavor. Right. All right. All right. Well, I'm back, and uh, we are of course here to talk about our regular roster of shows, uh, starting with HBO's powerhouse detective drama, True Detective. <laughs> Uh, so this is the the last second to last episode of the second season, the rocky second season of True Detective, titled "Maps and Mo- Black Maps and Motel Rooms." Yeah, uh, what, spooky name. What did you think? I actually was thoroughly impressed. I really enjoyed this episode, and that's the first time I could say that this season. Um, it was certain bits that I kind of saw coming, particularly the end. I knew that was coming. I mean, I figured, you know, the mounds of sand beneath uh, Woodrow's butt cheeks had finally built up. Right. To a point where they got glassy and it was time to, you know. That a volcano erupted? <laughs> yeah, so uh, qu- quick quick spoiler alert. Um, if you haven't watched the episode or if you're so emotionally invested and you don't want to hear it, but... Uh, Yes, one of our trio of true detectives uh, met his end this episode, and I, I agree that it was it was definitely foreshadowed. There's been a lot of doom hanging over a lot of characters on this show, but I feel like the doom was doomiest over his head. <laughs> the doom was doomiest over his head? You know, head. he had the biggest cloud over him, you know, of just, you know... You could see that dude like walk. If he was in the Game of Thrones world, there would just be crows frying around his head, you know. So the doomiest of the doom, huh? Yeah. So he had the uh, the biggest cloud over his head of all the main characters. So, do you want to tell tell the listeners who we're talking about? And this is the end of the episode. Everything was sort of leading up to this. Uh, was in fact the uh, the death of you know the characters' names. He's actually the only one I don't remember. It wasn't Velcoro and it wasn't Bezzarini. Bezzarides. It was Wo- Bezzarides. Woodrow, who actually went out in a quite gangster fashion. But I mean, it was it, it reminded me of Leon the professional. Um, but you saw it coming a mile away as soon as he walked down into the the pit. I just like the fact that they made him look badass for a second. I mean, he was he was going out hard. It was some gangster shit. You know, as he went through the uh, train, the subway tunnels, taking out other military agents. But as soon as he ran around that corner, I was like, yep, he's looking the wrong way. I, I already know how this is going to go. He's going to walk out that door and bang is going to happen. I don't know who was going to get him, but I knew it was coming. 
Yeah, I think I think he knew he was coming. Now they definitely set up him being a dope. Uh, you know, we knew that he had been with some kind of mercenary group that had done some ill shit in either Iraq or uh, Afghanistan. But um, you know, there was that big gunfight in I believe the fourth episode um where he was you know he definitely brought it in that and even afterwards like Valcoro referred to him as you know a war god so it was you know it was believable uh that he would take out four high powered five high powered you know other you know mercenary military operatives exactly um and yeah so he walked out i was reminded a little bit of uh the uh, the departed when you know someone just walks out of an elevator and just gets their head blown off. But I think he knew that you know he had no choice but to walk out, and he walked out, and you know, um, that was it. So was that his boss or one of the bosses of one of the other cops? Um, I can't. That was. Va- I want to say it's Valcoro's boss. I want to say the people who were right. with Valcoro. Right. I don't think they had anything so, to do with Woodrow. True Detective has been all about the rot and corruption in this town of Vinci that is based on a real a real corrupt small California, you know, district case. Um, it's obviously, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about how it doesn't, you know, come close to living up to the first one. But I actually think if you, you know, if you look at it, you know, without bringing the first one into it and knowing that it's an eight episode thing... If this, if I didn't know it was eight episodes, I'd have probably given up after the, you know, third or fourth episode. Um, and just, but knowing that there's going to be an end and it's all going to be resolved, I definitely, it's kept my interest for this long. Although, I agree with you, th- this was probably the best episode. I enjoyed the the episode that ended with the gunfight, the fourth episode. Um I enjoyed the gunfight anyway. I don't even know if I remember what happened in that episode. But, um, you know, I think people have been a little hard on it, although it's not a show. I mean, there's other shows that I'll, you know, spend my time defending. Um, so I don't know. What, what what are your thoughts? I mean, we've got one episode left. Um, there's still some definite, you know, cards to be played. But, but, but what are your thoughts, Ella? Well, I mean... I, the other episodes have had moments and you know right. that I really enjoyed, but they never just sustained a full episode. Whereas this one, all the different storylines really work for me. Um, whether it be Bezzarides and Velcoro kind of spending the time alone and really kind of getting intimate, um, because she's trying to give him the pussy early on while she's doped up, and then right. and then later when she gets sober, she tries to give him the pussy again. So I was like, hey, <laughs> you know, that's a win for him. Um, you know, Woodrow's investigation. And, and as soon as he got the text, because he wasn't telling them, I was like, I know something's going to happen with this dude. And it's going to be a, a setup or something. I mean, you've, we've seen too many movies. You know, so we know how right. we, we know how that story ends. And then what, who I really enjoyed this episode, who really redeemed himself, was Vince Vaughn. I mean, because how he handled Blake was fucking awesome. And I just loved how that whole scene played out where he finally um, deals with the traitor to his organization and they have a meeting in his office and like every little bit from uh, just telling them, you know, you're, you're too arrogant. You know, the way you walked into my office by yourself, like you think you got, you know, thinking he's gotten away with something or whatever. And then he confronts him and just, you know, proceeds to basically beat the shit out of him, but also gain information. And I just love the way how he has it's the, it's the silent, you know, repass as he gives him. Oh, OK, everything's cool. You know, as he gives him some information and the guy Blake thinks everything's cool. He's back in the good graces. 
and then Frank, you know, juices him for a little bit more, just squeeze just a little bit more, and then pops him. I was like, that's perfect. It was gangster as fuck, and just everything in that scene was awesome. Oh, yeah, and he doesn't kill, I mean, he doesn't kill him right away. Like, he gut shoots him and then sits there drinking his drink while the guy is rolling around and moaning on the ground. Um, Perfection. You know, it's definitely very, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like a move the Kingpin would make or, you know, um, Ving Rhames in uh, Pulp Fiction. It was you know, it was definitely awesome. a boss move. Um so yeah, this this I mean the details of the corruption I I'm pretty sure I follow it for the most part, but there's it, it involves, you know, going back to, you know, there's a a jewel theft in the LA riots and some corrupt cops stole some jewels and then they they use that to buy into, you know, influence and power and that was their seed money to get into this land deal and there's all kind of sex stuff and murder stuff um and it's all basically to come to a head in the next season i mean in the next episode Man. i thought it was a little i thought it was a little um on the nose that it turned out like that the military contractors you know the mercenaries that they were in fact working for the citadel group um it just seemed a little too neat Although it would make sense that they would hire if they were the ones who put the task force together. You know, clearly it was a task force that was put together not intending on succeeding. All three were cops who had baggage and problems. And so yeah, I guess it would make sense that they would put someone on in, in Woodrow. That's uh, that's the third one. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad yeah, you're able they, to break that down because you know the actual story and all the ins and outs and who happened with the riots and blah blah blah. Like, right. I, I wouldn't. I mean, this episode they laid so, all the cards out, but I just was so beyond giving a fuck. But uh, the, yeah, there was a jeweler who was killed. No, no, I, I um, get it. It's just that, and it was I, his I his kids were adopted by that you know the drunk mayor. Those are his his adopted kids are those two children. Um, and the cops stole some diamonds, and I guess I don't know how Frank ended up with the diamonds. Do we know how Frank ended up with them? But the diamonds were originally used to sort of—that's how they bought their way into the sort of power and and in and influence and and all that. You know, the diamonds were the seed money, or that—that's my understanding. Yeah, I mean, um, I think your understanding is correct. I just, you know, yeah, as they were explaining it in the episode, I was just like, eh, I don't care. Get to the next scene. I mean, it, it was right. cool, you know, but if I was reading this as a story, it would probably, I could probably, I would have probably followed it more, but, you know, throwing the names around and trying to mention different characters whose names I barely remember, and I'm just like, eh, whatever, right. you know. It It's definitely tough, because, like, the first one, you were just following two characters, and here you're following four. Um, I think it might have, well, you I know, mean, adding that, that one character extra other than the three cops, although I like Frank Simeon and I agree with you, Vince Vaughn definitely redeemed himself quite a bit in this episode. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just a little unwieldy dealing with all of the characters and each of them has a story and a motivation. And It's just not interesting. You know, I mean, I, G- Game of yeah. Thrones has a shit ton of characters and I remember their names, their storylines, all kinds of stuff. You know, I just... With this, it was just more, you know, they bandy about certain things and, you know, they, I mean, the story makes sense and I get what was going on, but like, I just don't care. So, 
Yeah, there's also the tone thing. I mean, in the first season, you had the the two personalities of the two characters were complete opposite. Whereas this one, you have gloomy character, gloomier character, even gloomier character, and then gloomiest character. True. You know, and 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 that that can get old. You know. Well, we cannot forget. We cannot exit our our discussion of True Detective without Vince Vaughn, Frank Simeon's uh, gem of the episode, which was, you know, I, I, I drilled myself another orifice so I could fuck myself. Yes, <laughs> yes. So while I'm while I'm getting gang banged over here, I decided to drill myself another orifice so I could fuck myself. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely. No, I mean, uh, there's there's easily you could put together uh, a spinoff book of, you know, Frank Simeon's, you know, encouraging aphorisms. I mean, um, that would be a good book to have in the bathroom. So what do you think is going to happen in the finale? I mean, it's a good question. If no one had died up till this point, I would have made the obvious prediction. Well, somebody's going to die. Certainly people are going to die in the next episode. I, I think it's a. Uh, an even possibility that I think Frank Simeon makes it through the next episode, but his wife doesn't. I think um, like that kind of thing. I think any character that survives is going to have some loved one. We've been introduced to the loved ones of all three of those characters of the, you know, the Frank Simeon, um, Bezaridis and Valcoro. I do think which, Whichever ones of them survive, some of them are going to have their loved ones, you know, taken from them. Oh, that's that's and my that prediction. Because I really like the redhead Jordan. Like her character is dope. Yes, she's she's a right. boss chick, you know, and she's she's great. Yes. It looks like from the previews that um, Ray is going to track Frank to the airport and try to catch him, you know, as he's leaving. So that could maybe you know play out in the way you're describing. But I, I right. think all the, the the remaining three characters, I think they're gonna pull out Frank, uh, Valcoro, and uh, Bezaridis. I think they're all gonna pull out. And I I actually don't think this story is gonna end as gloomily as it's been throughout the whole season. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm hinging that on. Right. But I mean, you know, everybody. This whole season's just been kind of rolling around in the muck. And I think that it's gonna end on a better note than that. I don't know that, you know, I mean, nobody's going to get away unscathed. And Frank, you know, he just did so many boss moves with the Russian, took, you know, and blew up all his clubs. So he's like, fuck him. I'm taking yeah. my money, leaving you with shit. I mean, he was making some moves. So if he gets away with it, kudos to him. That would be awesome. Because um, he finally got me invested in Frank where I want to, you know, he's just such a quirky gangster. And all the um, little ticks they've given him in terms of the... The, the, the way he speaks and all the, you know, <laughs> the bluss, the bluster. Oh, yeah. No, he is finally yep, grown yep. on me. No, I'm I'm definitely ready for a, uh, you know, a, a buddy movie with uh, Frank Simeon and uh, what is it? Jamie St. Clair. Is that uh, is that the name? Is that ghost uh, name? No, 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 no. It's Jamie no, something. No, no. James St. Patrick, but no ghost. James St. Patrick. Yeah, right. Speaking of power. Oh, Wow. Right, so, so power three moves this ahead. Fucking show. Um, what? This fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so I'm actually enjoying the second season more than the first season of Power, and I, I actually, and I like the first season. So, um, I don't know. Are you? Uh, why are you? Why are you frustrated with it? Like, because I, I think one of the things about Power is, um. 
you know, it's not trying. For, like, I feel like Power is more enjoyable than True Detective because True Detective is reaching for the stars and giving you like, a, you know, a six or a seven. Power is just trying to give you a seven or an eight. And it usually gives you a six or a seven. So I on an episode and some are better, some are worse. That That's how I feel. And so I feel this like is the thing with power, you know, power is enjoyable. Power. Power yeah. is like a chick who's about a seven. But wearing a dress or a mini skirt, so she goes out and people are looking at her ass and her titties because they all popped out. And so she thinks she's hotter than what she is. And she'd be enjoyable like on a Friday or Saturday night. But then you wake up on that next morning and you're like, what the fuck did I just do with my time? See, that's how that's how I feel about True Detective this season. You know, like I feel like power is the is is i don't know yeah no power is more like the girl who gives you a good i mean i don't want to say good conversation but uh yeah i i, I don't know i uh, i mean it, it's of course right i <laughs> power. mean i i i definitely um th- there's some frustrating things about it i'm glad that um holly is is off the show um and frankly you know tommy is becoming actually more and more annoying and now that they've put him in the position that he's really standing in the way of ghosts you know dreams like the the stuff like oh i want to get out no you can't get out like yeah obviously we've seen that a thousand times but um i don't know i mean i I, i'm invested in these uh in, in these characters and in their situations and uh yeah, no one's as interesting as Frank Simeon, but certainly, uh, you know, they, they, they keep it moving yeah. on power. Like, it definitely, the plot keeps twisting. Yeah, don't, don't mistake me. I mean, power is enjoyable. Yeah. Power is popcorn, you know, it, or it's, it's cotton candy. Right, like, exactly. I enjoy it for what it is. My, my point was that while True Detective, you know, is trying to be like the nerd, you know, who's looking down upon everybody, like, power thinks it's way better than what it is. And it's not that great, but so you just enjoy it for what right. it is and what it's useful for. I mean, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I definitely. I mean, I look forward to it. There's not much going on 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 Saturday nights on TV, um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it's like a good, well done popcorn thing, um, but I feel like it does it does a real good job with New York. I mean, I guess, yeah, no, no, most people outside of New York don't care about that. But a lot of shows that are supposed to take place in New York, you know, they uh, they, they, they kind of flub it. Um, I definitely think the uh, the performances are good. They definitely sell some pretty cheesy dialogue. And uh, Justin, it looks good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you I mean, you know, and, and uh, you know, Kanan is that, dope. That's what and, I want to get to, the, uh, you the details know, of the episode. Now. Yeah. My main man, Kanan, is back. And Kanan is in constant beast mode. So I, I, I love him at all times. Yes. But his plan, as it unfurls in this episode, we finally, finally get the reveal, which had been hinted at, which is that Ghost set him up and sent him to jail behind a busted taillight of all dumb things. Right. So now he wants his revenge. And, okay, cool. But his plan goes through. His whole his plan involves him basically syncing up with the other uh, local distributors and basically, you know, taking command of Tommy and Ghost's operation, which is great. The only problem is any one of those dudes could call Tommy a ghost and, you know, give up the ghost on what Kanan is planning. And then this shit just right. unravels. 
So there was there's not enough intrigue. There's not enough for them. To, like, why would they fuck with Kanan over Ghost and Tommy? They know Ghost. They know Tommy. They don't know Kanan. They, he's been in jail. They don't know. He could be working for the feds. You don't know who the fuck Kanan is. So why would I give you any leeway? Why do I do anything? So they, they haven't shown enough dissension. I mean, the Serbian dude, he has a reason to probably, you know, hate Ghost and Tommy and would do something like this. Ruiz, not so much. I mean, he's been loyal. He wants a seat at the table. So he does feel disrespected. I mean, they do do that. You know, he feels disrespected. But again, it's... Right, that was the only one where they showed us a reason was because Ruiz, you know, thought he was going to meet Lobos and and then didn't. And Ruiz um, also um, is the one who talks to the Serb and reveals that. So I, I, I get those right. points, but it's like, it's not, to me, it's just not weighty enough to where if Kanan walked up to me, where it's like, yeah, Ghost and Tom, go, you know, Ghost might have disrespected me a bit, but I wouldn't throw my, 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 uh, I wouldn't throw in with this dude who's an unknown and proven wild card from his history. You know, versus Ghost, who's a known. I call Ghost. Like, Ghost, why the fuck am I not at the meeting tomorrow? You know, and then give Ghost a chance to see what he's going to say. But, I mean, because the show has to be what it has to be, it has to get you to certain points. They ignore this clearly logical, you know, course of events. Well, um... I mean, it, it definitely is a show that definitely prides itself on, on giving you one one crazy plot twist each time. I mean, one thing I would also add is that at the end of this episode, it's very clear that Ghost has known stuff that we didn't know that he knew because he but was able to. that's also some bullshit. You know, set, that was my my next point. Well, I'm assuming it's going it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be explained. Um, you know, and you had commented, I remember a few weeks ago. I mean, just about how dumb Ghost is and how behind, how many moves behind he's been, and for him to be, you know, the protagonist. I mean, they got to show him having, you know, not been on the ropes all this time. I mean that 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 it's been a rope a dope. You know what I mean? Where he's he has, in fact, been several moves True. ahead. Um, but they, and, I, like, I like that he had a plan, but the problem is this. He, how does he know about Angie and the cell phone? Like, they don't explain that. There's no, no point does he become suspicious. It just, all of a sudden, he just switches his phone. I mean, all of a sudden, he's looking out the window at her, and he sets her up going to this hotel. He had no clue, no, nothing, nothing. Right, and I, I would say that if they don't explain they that won't. next episode, then you're not right. Going to not, well, that that no, I feel, I feel like that. They, I'm 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 expecting a dope. You know, well, this is you know what happened, or this is how you know some kind of explanation because that's that's way too much of a of a whole. I, mean, I definitely totally not agree going with to you. Right. Well, that would be. I mean, no, that would be a real problem. I mean, if if they don't, then I would, you know, I I would definitely have to, you know, agree with you and call them out fully because that, You're you know, I mean, them too much. Yeah, credit. I mean, they never showed us see him. Yeah, I mean, and then the other thing is that I feel like they have to tell us how he did it because they need to make Ghost look dope after you know. Basically, giving Kanan all the shine for you know most of the no, second season. I mean, season. the only hint we have that he knows about the cell phone is that you know he hears the the siren when he's in the store, which is great. But it wasn't enough to, to tip your hat, like because she could be anywhere in New York City. No. There's always sirens and bullshit going on. Whereas, right, see, right, no, 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 I agree. I agree with that, you. Okay, I mean, he has when Tommy confronts him in the hallway and he tells him what he wants to do, and Tommy's like, "Nope, I'm not with it." We see that okay, he starts plotting against Tommy. 
And we see that unravel. You know, we see him go get the turn, and we see him go make the moves necessary to secure what he's gonna do later, where he sets up Tommy with with a uh, ghost. So he uh, with a uh, with a uh, Lobos, which is great. That was smart. But the cell phone thing—that's when you lost me, because I'm like, come on. Yeah. So I either they're gonna explain how he got on the cell phone, or there's a whole other thing going on. I mean, they, they there's also so a couple other things. They introduced this Jerry Ferrara character, this lawyer. So he's obviously gonna play out in some way. He's gonna represent. Tommy. Um, you know, I I don't. Right, right, but I'm I'm not. I I just didn't know how or 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 where. But yeah, I mean, he did say, yeah, I need to hire you, or you're gonna represent me, or whatever. But I, I just felt like that there's going to be some kind of explanation. If there's not, then I'm fully, I fully agree with you. Um, the only the only other thing I just wanted to shout out, uh, you know, Lobos is definitely really dope. Um, there has been a tendency, I'm not going to say it started with Breaking Bad, it certainly didn't, but since Breaking Bad of having these sort of colorful, you know, Latin villains... And that actually does carry over to the sixth episode of Mr. Robot. Um, I feel like it's now been a little bit of a trope that that I've seen since, uh, you know, Tuco on uh, on on Breaking Bad, where they, they've featured these sort of, you know, over the top, crazy, almost, you know, Joker esque, you know, latino uh drug dealers basically they're all drug they're always drug dealers um well in but, Lobo's case, uh, i mean he's a flamboyant I, flaming I, homosexual so right and and a psych and a psycho and and a, and a boss that everybody's afraid of like even tommy and ghost although i guess now ghost is you know is planning on well ghost got him arrested i mean we'll see uh you know we'll see what happens with that but um I mean, it seemed like everybody well, was yeah, afraid of him. Well, yeah, he's unpredictable. He's proven um, to be very unpredictable. But Right. So, and then, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, the dude on Mr. Robot, uh, this, this week's episode of Mr. Robot, like, I feel like also embodied that sort of weirdo Joker-esque, you know, philosophical, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, they, they, there's something in there. Um but yeah, yo, uh, before we get on to Mr. Robot, I mean, is there anything else uh, you wanted to say about three moves Maybe ahead? So, you know, that power is what it is, a B-rate TV series. I mean, the stuff with Kanan, the stuff with uh, Angela as, her, as she's dealing with her machinations with the cell phone and Ghost and his ooh plan. Um, you know, I mean, we're going to see it play out. He's obviously had to set up Tommy to get him off the board. And now he's got to try to get him out of jail or keep him out of custody because Tommy could flip, which would be potential. The The only cool things I can see them doing is maybe having Tommy end up either working with Kanan, legit, um, if Kanan doesn't get killed in a season finale, which I'm thinking whenever he buys it, his son is going to be the one who kills him because um, they seem to be like throwing, they, they seem to be pointing a big red target in that direction. Uh, which I think would be right. dumb because I like the Kanan character, and I just I'll be more interested in them trying to find a fresh way of continuing his story without them, you know, offing him at least this soon. Um, and then hopefully Angela dies. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of her dumbass character. Jeez. Um, 
Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I think it's much more likely that that they kill Kane and then Angela. Although I feel like if they send Kane into jail, it could be a way of keeping him around. Like they could, you know, then have a mistrial or you know, bribe a juror or whatever, and then he could be back. But um, no, I mean, I think uh, you know, a- Angela and uh, and Angela and Ghost is the Romeo and Juliet well, I mean, of I see, power. I see them dealing with Tommy and thinking the case is solved, and then in the season finale, she's gonna find out without a shadow of a doubt that Ghost is James, and she's gonna be in a position where she right. really can't do anything about it because they've shot their load dealing with Lobos and Egan or whatever. Right, and then they're going to be ready to go off somewhere together, and she's going to be like, no, Ghost, I can't come with you, and then Ghost is going to get on the airplane, and who's going to be sitting there waiting for him? None other than Holly. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I hope I never see Holly uh, again. No, I I mean, I agree with you. I think they're going to end it on something like that. Yeah. you know, but I, you know, if there's going to be a third season of Power, I think it's it's definitely uh, it's going to have Angela, it's going to have, uh, uh, you know, Ghost. The question is whether it's going to, and it's going to have Tommy in some capacity. I mean, they might have a whole season of Tommy and Tommy and Kanan in jail. Um, so I don't know. I think Lobos is going to get killed by somebody, either his own people or you know something. Well, maybe. But going from Lobos to our Latin loco on Mr. Robot, the ins- right. So this is the sixth sixth episode of Mr. Robot. I, I you know unless you've got the the code, uh, all the episodes are like different you know bits of code or oh, commands. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what I mean, I'm 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 still loving Mr. Robot. Uh, um, what, what it's continued thinking? its upward tick with me because it dipped about two episodes ago. I guess it's episode three or so, three or four. It kind of dipped for me. Yeah, four. And then the last two episodes are kind of back on track. I really liked how this episode played out. A lot of the uh, machinations as Elliot tried to figure out a way out of this situation where he's dealing with, you know, crazed, unpredictable right. individuals. And I thought that was really cool because he couldn't rely on the familiar tropes of, you know, knowing, you know, Elliot typically plays things kind of like a chess player where he knows you're going to move in certain ways and in certain rules, whereas he's dealing with some people who are unpredictable and you see him kind of being um, with, with his back against the wall and then having to outthink, you know, and be creative and kind of clever in how he gets out of the situation. So I thought that was a cool exploration. So, th- yeah, no, I, I and I totally agree. The interesting thing is he's been really dope, and we you know outthought his opponents um, incredibly in the last two episodes, and yet everything has come to naught in both episodes. You know, um, and 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 that's what's really interesting. Um, you know, uh, he he has been dope, but he but you know basically he was driving around in a car with you know Shayla's dead body the whole time, you know, and his whole goal was to save you know save her and and obviously himself. Um, and in the uh, the last episode when he you know when they made their assault on the uh, you know Mountain Steel or or whatever it was that you know he he was really dope and yet it still ended up not mattering you know they didn't they didn't complete their mission so that that's sort of an interesting thing that 
he you know he does all the dope things that a hero does and yet still at the end of the episode you know they didn't succeed at the iron the steel mountain thing and and he you know let the criminal out and uh you know his girlfriend you know one of the few bright lights on the show got her throat cut um i mean I, i expected her to be dead but i thought it was cool how it played out i like the fact that you know he was able to kind of sort out the brother's plan and then come up with his counter plan and right. then it still didn't work out the way that either of them expected. So I thought that was really cool. But um yeah. the guy, the the main villain, I forget his name, he just is so fucking annoying to me. So I'm I'm just hoping he's done. You know, I think And what what why didn't they kill Elliot? Like that the you know, the dude who killed his brother, the dude you're talking about. Elliot used his computer skills to break um a drug dealer that he had basically you know fed information to the to the cops um his girlfriend's when ex they, drug dealer when boss went to the jail and to he confront had, the guy he tells him that he has information um that he has to be able to consent so he has a fail oh that's right hours, every th- that's exactly so a fail safe that's right that's right that is right so Wow, yeah. So, and I, I think Rami Malek is really dope. I think he's putting in like a really, really incredible performance. You know that a lot of it is just in his face, um, and it's shot really interestingly. Um, the show, I think, in that way, it reminds me a little of Breaking Bad, um, that had a really unique cinematography and it didn't look like any of the show on tv and i feel like this has a similar thing going on where they've created their totally own new look and um i i mean i think the show has been you know pretty much flames you know from the beginning like you know um so i'm i'm definitely really with it now i mean my big question is i mean christian slater is Mr. Robot is—is is he? I mean, is he real? Have well, we confirmed from the trailer, that? We like, confirm it next episode because he's smacking a black dude around and you know threatening him and stuff. So, oh, uh, okay, right. I mean, I guess my my question is like, is is could there be some reveal that it's going to be like the Fight Club thing? That that's the one thing that would really bum me out. Where like. The Cole Christian Slater thing is is you know in his head, and actually when we see Christian Slater smacking somebody around, it's actually Elliot doing it, you know, and like he's imagining he's the or something like that. I mean, he's clearly crazy. He's talking to the audience, like he's definitely talking to us the whole time. So you know, we're a we're a participant in the show. So I don't know. I just feel like a lot of like, how did Christian Slater get into his building so quickly? You know, how did I understand, you know, Darla could have tipped him off or whatever. But a lot of their scenes, there's no one else there. It's just Elliot and Christian Slater. And I was actually trying to remember how much direct interaction Christian Slater had with the other characters, even when they well, went the on thing their that mission. Be, the difficult is when you know, like, is in the office just chilling at his desk and he's talking loud, making a commotion, and nobody pays any attention. Like, that was a big, okay, is he real type of thing. But um, outside of that, I, I mean, I just right. hope they don't go that route. You know, I'd rather Christian Slater be a real dude and Ellie be a real dude, and we just are kind of overthinking it and trying to make stupid Fight Club references. Like, I think like did the did the did the Christian Slater interact with the bartender when they were drinking apple teenies? 
See, like, here's the thing. I figured out really early that Bruce Willis was dead in whatchamacallit, and it never even occurred to me that that was the twist because, like, 15 minutes into it, I was like, wait, no one's interacting with him. Oh, he got shot. He's dead. Like, that kind of thing. And so I I thought I was like, oh, I was supposed to have gotten that, like, you know, 10 minutes ago or something like that. So I'm I'm now like just I'm whenever I watch stuff like I'm ju- I'm just wondering have we actually seen him interact with other characters and I, and he must have during some of yeah, the planning I mean, slightly things. but I don't know for me it's not something I'm racking my brain over I mean I just don't care and I'm hoping it doesn't happen I hope it didn't play out that way yeah no I'm hoping I do care and I'm hoping it doesn't happen um, I don't know if you guys had established this but the uh, the guy, the ma- guy who's married to the pregnant woman, I I had thought he was speaking German. He and his wife were speaking German. In fact, he's speaking Swedish and she's speaking Danish. And there's like three of those languages that are similar enough that people can talk and they actually can uh, can understand each other. So um, you know, make of that what you will. But he's speaking Swedish and she's speaking Danish during all those subtitled um, conversations. And at first, I had thought it was German. Then I realized it was a uh, you know some kind of uh, Scandinavian. I I could you know, and then I found out online that it's uh, so cool. he's speaking Swedish. I they were she's speaking, speaking gibberish. Danish. I just like I, reading you know, it, and I like yeah. the plot. I mean, I want to see where it goes. Right. I want to see what happens. Because they're masochists and they're kind of crazy in their own right, and but they're they're interesting to watch. So I'm just curious to see what what his moves and the plays he's doing, how they're going to intersect again with Elliot and um, contribute to the larger overarching plot of the show. Well, one assumes. I mean, this guy is is definitely trying to basically take over, you know, Evil Core. I mean, he's trying to get the right now just be the right hand man to the CTO. But a company like that, the CTO is probably has more power than the CEO. The CTO being the chief and technology officer. They had a great scene. I mean, where he CEO confronted being, the guy, you know. and a guy, you know, was messing with him about his wife. Oh um, yeah, hissing or opening her legs or whatever, and wanting to see that look on his face. And that was just such a great power play scene. You know, as the guy just exerted his control and just showed, you know, that I'm the one who's the boss and I'm the one running shit, and you're a peon. But then to see that again flipped. By the pregnant chick, who's the greatest boss of all, who's like, now we know her weakness. She wants to be wanted. Right. No, no. The the, the wife is playing chess and the husband is playing checkers. Uh, there's definitely no doubt about that. Like, she's clearly the, you know, the power behind the, uh, you know, behind the curtain. Um so yeah, so Mr. Robot, I mean, um, 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 so the episode that, that kind of had you down was the one where he was having all the hallucinations yes. while he was getting off the morphine. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed that. I've also sort of come to almost expect something like that from these, you know, what do they call like quality TV, you know, ever since the Sopranos, you know, when, when fish, you know, started talking to Tony Soprano after he ate bad Indian food, you know, a little bit of that here and there seems to pop, you know, it happened to Don Draper a bunch of times in, uh, in mad men. Um, I think probably happened on lost a bunch of times, you know, so people hallucinate on TV a lot more than they do in I the guess real so, world. But it doesn't make for interesting television for me at this particular uh, point. Right. Oh, I thought I actually did think that was interesting, but um 
yeah, no, I think I think we've talked about. I mean, you know, I I I enjoy because I didn't know at first. Like I was like, holy shit, did he just get shot? You know, um, and I think you know in the drug stuff, you know, like train spotting and all, you know, with the baby on the ceiling, you know. There, it is a way to convey, you know, whatever someone's going through when, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to convey, you know, someone going through, you know, a day or two of um, withdrawal in, you know, two minutes on TV. So, you know, they lean on the uh, the trope of hallucinations. Well, so tonight, our last night, uh, also we had uh, The Strain. Uh, the episode was the Silver Angel. It's the fourth episode of the second season of The Strain, and like many episodes of The Strain, um, the Silver Angel featured three or four fantastic minutes of special effects, surrounded by forty minutes of <laughs> whackness and bad eyebrows and bad accents and bad decisions by plot by characters and. You know, uh, generally a lot of really good actors delivering, you know, bad dialogue. And I really got to say, I mean, a show, these kinds of shows like Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, this, they stand and fall not on the special effects, but on the scenes of people talking. And the scenes of people talking in, 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 uh, you know, in the strain are like so. They need more CGI with people talking? Done. Need more I mean, special just, effects? yes or just yeah i mean they should just have big you know tongue snake tongues flying out of people's mouths for the whole show whether they're talking whether they're fighting if it was just even just just cgiing those snakes in during all the dialogue scenes while people are talking to each other and snakes are biting each other's faces and stuff it would make the show so much better also, uh, obviously, as the strain always does, the Silver Angel, you know, featured uh, Nazis uh, and or flashbacks to Nazis um, and concentration camps. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the strain uh, is uh, is back for a second season. And uh, I, I am not following it as closely as uh, Kimson and uh, DJ Ben Hameen. Um, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, everything that I just said is pretty true about the strain in general and about the fourth episode, the silver angel. So I don't know. Do you have, do you have anything, no, no, anything to add about the silver angel? Right there, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, the, the, you know, Sunday night is, is getting ridiculously crowded. I just wanted to shout out, um, humans on, um, AMC. I've been watching it. It started the same week as Mr. Robot. Um, so it's six episodes in and the premise. No, I haven't. Checked uh, are out you humans watching humans? Um, have you I seen plan it? To probably just binge watch like the first, I guess, six episodes at some point. Cause I've been getting some good feedback from Yeah. Like, Yeah, so it's the premise is, you know, our society maybe a few years from now and robots are in the home. And as if you've listened to the show for any time, you know, like I've I've I definitely view this as both inevitable and all the changes that are going to happen. And usually when you have robots on TV or in movies, it's like the Terminator or 
iRobot with Will Smith. And this is not about anything having to do with, like, you know, evil robots and guns and, you know, whatever. This is much more of, like, straight up how robots are going to affect society and, you know, the if a family gets, uh, you know, a robot and it's it's hot, it's a hot female robot and the dad has a crush on her and the son has a crush on her and the mom, you know, works away. And, you know, the the daughter who, you know, got good grades in school is like, what's the point of studying? Because I, I, well, I'm not going to need a job because robots anything, do everything. You have a hot and, android around, somebody's going to try to fuck it. Particularly if it looks like Lucy Lou, but I don't know what they look like on human. Yes, Right. Well, no, they actually, you know, that that's the one thing that's unrealistic, like is basically they're all really good looking. And obviously that would be the first thing that you wouldn't do to put in someone's no, house like a bunch that's of exactly what people and, would and do. Hot women, because um, there's a whole other character who's jealous of the robot who's giving his wife physical therapy and constantly massaging no, her exactly and rubbing up on her do. and everything like that's that. Exactly. And right. So, well, I yeah, so it's. It's interesting. It's a British show. It just got renewed for the second season, so it's definitely going to be around. It's a British show that AMC picked up. Um, And so, I mean, my one criticism, the representation could be a little better. I I think even for Britain, the show feels a little white. Um, But I think it's interesting. The concept is interesting. There's some some good sci-fi stuff some good robot stuff and i think it kind of might have gotten a little lost in all the press for mr robot mr robot's a definitely a, a better show a more original show in my uh you know my opinion but i think that uh humans is is both interesting and and well done well i think we've uh we've 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 flown uh, we're out of gas or we're approaching uh you know out of plutonium here in the uh in the escape pod so i think we're gonna have to uh fly it back to the landing bay but um yeah i mean i i i i'm 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 back in the ship and i'm uh you know checking out all the all the new features and uh we'll be back uh next week with peace. uh with some more tv discussion all right peace Fat bros, hey, hey, hey.